the you're weddings. Yolanda. What, she's Yolanda. What's Who's Yolanda's last name? Yolanda. Yolanda Hadid. Oh, I'll take that as Her a daughter called and said something about not feeling good or something. And she goes, oh, eat an almond. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was one almond. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Hello, welcome to Mom Save America. My name is Tina Graff. I'm Carrie Lucas. We are a podcast that's dedicated to mom templating, all those things that spark controversy, create parenting challenges, and generally make me go, what the fuck? Today on the podcast, we are going to mom template, mainly mom template, the crisis with boys in America, which we, Carrie and I have been going back and forth with uh, as to when we are going to start this topic, and today is the day. But before we go into that, Let's start with some mom shares. Mm -hmm. I have three mom shares that are just like random thoughts that I need to get out. Okay. One, first, I love Pete Buttigieg. Love him. Oh my God, I can't believe you just said this. I just watched something on Pete Buttigieg and I was like, why is this man not our president? He's so eloquent. Yes. He's so... Genuine. He's so smart. Smart, thoughtful, kind, but sharp to cut you if you're in the wrong. It's, like, I hope to hell that Biden comes to his senses and says, Not you know, going to happen. Not going to happen. We can't have a gay man for president or what? Oh, Biden's not stepping down. I assume that's what you're saying I, for I another I, person to run. I think not, he has to. I think he has to. But that wasn't really. And again, as much as I adore people to judge with what's going on right now, I don't think those fucking people on the other side are going to swing for Buttigieg. Yeah, I know, but I think that there's there could be enough of a revolution with the gays. Okay, but what's making you um, say this? Because I I just watched something this morning with him as well. My feed has been full of Pete Mm -hmm. and things that he's doing, and I just happen to like go on the Secretary of Transportation, like, something, website about something, and it's like his initiatives are so awesome, and the fact that all these Republicans voted against it, yet they're calling him to put stuff into their state, like, fix bridges and yes, fix and all these things. Yes, and he immediately calls everybody out. Yeah. But you voted against it. Right. But you voted against it. Yeah. You voted against it. We're certainly yep. going to help you, but yep. you voted against it. Right. When, unless it comes for your state to do mm-hmm. something. Fucking idiots. Yeah. But no, no, I, just I love am him. so there. I just saw something this morning, and it was an old feed, and it, it's along the Hunter Biden thing because that's oh. sort of recirculated with you know making Biden seem weak because he gave a shit about his son. I don't know when that. Oh, came. one of the debates. It was during one of the. Debates. It was during one of the debates, but it was about yeah, like no, we're not canceling Biden because he loves his son. Yeah. No, but it was before that. It oh. was about um, when Hunter was being investigated oh. or something. He's oh. like, no, like, when are we pitting father against son? And when did this become a thing? Like, that you were, like, what kind of a horrid person are you that's going to try to pit your father I tell you against what, your son? The kind of horrid person that Alex Jones is. Yeah, Just and the whole um, human being. Yeah, Tucker Carlson. Was it Tucker Carlson that released the voicemail of Biden calling his son to say "I love you"? What? What the fuck? And I know we're gonna get into the um, the boys thing, but it sort of plays along that whole line of we're gonna make Biden sound weak and uh, incapable of doing his job because he had a vulnerable moment of letting his son know "I love you" and you need help, and I wish I could do something for you. When did this happen? Tucker Carlson, if that is the best you can do, 
I mean, seriously. I don't know. It's the lack of intelligence to think of something actually damning on a person. Because there's nothing they they can come up with. Yeah, I I just don't know when telling your son you loved him, it became... An issue. Or became weak. Well, anyways, I love Mayor Pete. Can we try to educate people on the freaking drop-off line for school? Oh, Tino... You caught me in the soft spot because you know I do crossing in the mornings. I don't understand. You know what? It's one of my favorite TikToks recently. This black woman, she's talking to her little kids, and she's like, all right, listen up. Backpacks on. Yeah. Be ready. Be ready. I'm going to do a rolling drop-off, kids. Mm-hmm. Rolling. You Like, this is how it's done. Mm-hmm. You are prepared. You don't have your backpack in the back seat, so the car has to stop, and somebody's got to get out, open the door, brings... No, 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 no. That's not how we drop off. If you have shit to bring, like a tuba or something, <laughs> you go early. Or you, you park. You park. You park. You help the kid with the tuba, and they walk in with the tuba. Right, you the, don't go to car drop-off you don't line. Go no. to car drop-off. This line. really is more than car drop-off line. It's really like you know when you're in line, um, and you know there's a big line behind you, and you don't know your order. Well, there's certain people that like that stresses me out. I'm I'm going to be ready because yes. Sally needs to order and go too. So I'm rattling off, yes. and then there's the people that get to the front and they're like. What's the flavor? Yes. Of? It's a mindset. It's an entitlement mindset, and it's some people do it, some people don't. But car drop off line, really, you could sort of, sort of size someone's family or being up in just the way they do car drop off totally. line. There's a double line at the LHS high school. Mm-hmm. Like you can do two lines, mm-hmm. right? And I am amazed every time the people that are waiting in the longer line when you can clearly go on to the other line. And every single time I zoom up and go and Grace is like, Mom, I go, oh, no, no, no. We are showing these people how, how to do the drop off line. Get yourself ready. Pop out of this car. You know what else I don't understand? I'm like, I love you. Goodbye. See ya. The drop-off line, the drop-off spot for most schools, I would say, is 10 cars deep. Okay? So within that 10-car space, there's kids getting in and out of the car. Yes. You have 10 options. 10 times. Okay. The people that drive me most fucking crazy Wait till they are the ones that are, are are car 10. Yeah. But don't let their kid out of the car yes. until they're in space car one. No, no, no. There's people here. We're moving along. No, no, no. We're not letting Susie at the actual front door. No. She can walk the 20 feet. She can't. Susie can't. That no. part. Like, I'm like, are, are you kidding? Right. Get out. Yeah. And then I love the parents that, listen, okay, I know I just said, made fun, you know, talked about how Biden should be able to tell his son he loves him, whatever. Do that before you get to school. That's what I'm saying. They're getting out of the car. Right. They're hugging, kissing on the sidewalk. No, no, no. 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 Crazy. And then I love the cars that the car opens. Yeah. And it's like everybody rolls out. Water bottles (laughs) gone under the vehicle. The backpack. Been dropped. Takes them fifteen minutes to find all their stuff. You almost like sympathize with those people because you know the morning. Yeah, didn't that's go a well. disaster. Yeah, and you know what? Elementary school drop off is much different. But still, we are in a. I'm in a nasty place. Like, get, I, I get just your shit feel like get. there's plenty of options. There's a parking lot. Yeah. There's a bus. There's walkers. Yes. There's bikers. And there's car drop off. Right. So if you can't handle the quick goodbye, 
symmetry right. of car drop-off line, choose another option. Choose another option. Tom and Giselle. Yeah. Okay. I have my theory on this, too, by He's the way. a greedy, selfish bastard. Okay, I have the exact opposite. Of course you do. Why? I think everybody's like, oh, Giselle left him because he went back to football. This is what I think happened. Okay. She did not go to those Bucks games for the entire year prior to him retiring. Okay. okay. So there was a strange relationship this last year. Okay. okay. Rightfully so. She's sick of it. Whatever. Her prerogative. Okay. I think he retired to save the marriage. And within that two-week time, I think she was like, this isn't salvageable. We're not saving this. And he said, I'm going back to football. I can't sit in this house alone and do nothing. First of all, he was never going to not do something. But you know what I mean? Like, I've retired from something that I love that keeps me busy, that keeps my mind occupied, that keeps me healthy to save this marriage. Could take his life at this point now. Right, but whatever. Or impair him. And I think he realized, oh, it's not really going to make a difference, so I'm going back. That's what I think happened. Still makes him selfish and stupid, I think. Selfish because of his children? Yes, because of his children, because of the time spent, because of the fact that he is so... Listen, he does his job amazingly. There's no no denying that. But the kind of job that he does mm-hmm. is all-encompassing. It takes everything. Mm-hmm. Like you are deciding to sacrifice six months, eight months out of the year to basically do nothing but football. Right. And that's basically what she's saying, to do nothing but football and not be involved in your kids' lives for that <clears throat> amount of time, except at the periphery, because this is what you love to do and you're trying to prove that you are... You can do this for however many years. I, I haven't... You've clearly read something from her. Because I know she had an article out in Vanity Fair or something. Uh, well, I did read the article. But the... I mean, and she clearly states that they've had a contentious relationship related to her her desire for him to step away from the game because she was so afraid that he could get injured mm-hmm. at this point. So... Well, and, and too, I mean, I feel like... It's kind of, I, I listen, and I know he's still very good, but you've sort of accomplished everything there is to accomplish in that field, and now it's only downside. Well, like, what, I feel like you're never going to capture that. Even if he gets one more Super Bowl ring, okay, I mean, but amazing. Yeah, I don't see that happening, so I, I, right, I just don't know what the benefit, other than you love to do it, is. No, and I get that, but you, at the, at some point, you look at the benefit and say, okay, <clears throat> I, I can... I can benefit from football in so many other ways. There's so many other yes. outlets that I can be involved in that have to do with football, but still have a, a life, a quality of life. Yeah. That. Anyway. Um, so I'm not disagreeing with you. What you're saying, I think I'm just disagreeing with the timing. And like, here's I think- the thing. The other thing is, like, if you do value your relationship and your family, at some point you do make sacrifices for the other yeah. person. And if she's been telling him for the last five years, let's say, let's say they've had this discussion, obviously, we don't know, and he continues and she's like, okay, okay, okay. She's kind of like, fuck you, you don't ever listen to me anyway. Right. I don't know. We don't I guess my point is I feel like he succumbed to her wishes maybe too late and therefore it was already over yeah by the yeah. time he retired all right let me talk grace. about the conversation i had with grace on the way to the barn the other day okay she's talking to me about one of her friends who she's like mom 
I'm not going to say any names. She's like, she's a solid B student. And these kids are making, putting pressure on her saying like, oh boy, I'm so sorry. You're a solid B student kind of thing. Poor. I was like, what? And she's like. Who are her friends? Yeah. The group is like kind of looking at this one girl like, oh geez, you're, you know, only getting B's. Thank God I didn't grow up in these times. And I said, I go, Grace, Lexington is such a pressure cooker. Like you should never feel like. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. So she said, what does high school even really matter? It's just so that you can get into a good school. Like, does it really matter? Like all these grades, all this pressure we're putting on ourselves, it's just so that we can get into a good college. And then what? And I said, well, it's not just so that you can get into a good college. Mom, what is the point of this going to school? Like she's over it. Why should I even have to go to school? Mm -hmm. And I said, well... The point of school isn't necessarily to get good grades. I go, you have to figure out on a daily basis, every single day you are put in an uncomfortable situation, mm-hmm. whether it's lunch, whether you go into class and there's a, a new a substitute, you are put in uncomfortable situations all day, every day, five days a week. I said, and you're building up confidence and strategies to address those issues so that when you go out into the actual world, you have some sort of understanding of how to deal with people. I said, if you don't have that back and forth, yeah, you have to work and study and get good grades. But honestly, that's not the whole point of school at all. It's to just figure out how to deal with fucking people all day long. Well, it's just a time of development. Like, it's just to figure out who you are as a person. So much pressure on you to actually get good grades. But at the end of the day, yes, you'll get into a good school or whatever you'll do. But you won't be able to seize any opportunities in your life if you don't know how to develop the skills to actually solve problems and figure out ways to get through your day dealing with uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. So she was saying, you know, we've had COVID and it's been hard. And I go, I know that. And she's like, and boys are just so gross. And I said, I know, I think boys have had a harder time Mm -hmm. coming through COVID than girls have had. And that's what kind of led me into thinking about the boy discussion. Mm -hmm. Because the situation with online learning or being at home working or whatever is so incredibly difficult for boys versus girls. Girls have a different manner of social communication than I think boys do. Well, that's the thing we were talking about with Scott Scott Galloway is an author that's often writing about boys and politics and the crisis that is among us right now and sort of saying how um, that we're failing young boys. And one of the things that he said, and I do it all the time, but this this term of toxic toxic masculinity and he's like guess what it's great to be masculine we need masculine men i'm proud of that like yeah and i have to sort of take that term away from it he's like but the the toxic part has become that young boys along um oh my god i wish i could think of his name uh maddie helped me the the um podcaster who's so awful right oh, now oh. oh um joe rogan not joe Tate. rogan Tate. Tate. Yes, Andrew Tate, is that young boys are confusing being masculine with this toxic side of our culture about... Yeah, Uh, Scott Galloway, who Carrie's talking about, he does have a podcast and he was on Bill Maher recently talking about this crisis that we have with boys. And he, he defines being masculine as... Choosing a set of skills to aggregate strength, power, and influence such that mm-hmm. you can protect and advocate for others. Like, that's the whole idea of being masculine. Right. And yet, 
We also put on traits in conjunction with that you can't cry or you can't be emotional or, you know, over time we've kind of labeled boys who are emotional or supportive as weak where they can be both and we haven't been able to kind of pull that together. Yeah, and I think the other really interesting thing that he said was like the liberal side of it is that we have to realize that that's just a... um, humanistic instinct like women are gravitating toward men's men that can garner resources and provide things it's an animalistic thing it's not about a woman not being capable of doing that themselves that's just how we gravitate towards each other and to just not acknowledge that that's actually a fact and to say that oh we can do it ourselves and we don't need men or or we'll do it on our own is not how we perpetuate society and how we talked about how like the worst you know, societies in America are full of lonely, undervalued men. Let's talk about some statistics that they said, they, they spoke about <clears throat> on the Bill Maher show. He says um, 40% of all males will go to college, and that's down from 60% in mm-hmm. the 70s. So we have gradually, consistently gone down in the amount of boys that go to college and forget about the graduation rate after that. Like the the amount of boys that are dropping out of college. Women with college degrees tend to marry men with college degrees. Mm -hmm. They don't want to marry a man that doesn't have a college degree. Boys are twice as likely to get suspended. For every two females that graduate high school, only one male graduates. Women are twice as likely to get to be valedictorian. For every four men on the street, three of them probably haven't had sex in a year. Mm -hmm. And he correlates that to if you are building relationships mm-hmm. and have a connection human connection with somebody whether you're having sex or not you don't have the ability to care and empathize and be connected to the world mm-hmm. that you live in and if it's three out of every four we're in a crisis mm-hmm. for these boys like what is happening they don't really talk about how we fix this which is interesting well i think the interesting part is that they are blaming it a lot on you know social media and and the work from home and all of that and i don't know how much of that is fixable listen i've been like loving the you know aspect of like work from home because you can travel the country and live other places whatever and what he was saying is listen if you can work from home we can hire people in Bangladesh to work from home. So that work from home and quiet quitting thing that's going on in our society is also actually very dangerous because it just means that in a matter of time, your job is going to be completely eliminated from the United States. And so, by the way, this only do the minimum is just going to make you more fireable at the end of it. He was talking about how companies culturally aren't supporting their workforce because if after covid and companies have decided like why should we pay rent in a building and have mm-hmm. people come back because that expense to pay your rent for your building and house your employees when the employees can just house at home and and we get basically the same productivity it's hurting the culture of society, society. because i mean you could say that about school too everybody yeah. did homeschooling so let's just eliminate the school buildings and yes. all the teachers that are there and have one online and she can teach 300 students and and it, we realized quickly that's not gonna happen right and one of the things that he talked about was like that boys are you know 
four times as likely to be suspended and all of that too. Yeah. I also think this aspect of and he, and he also talked about how uh, young boys need guardrails and boundaries all the time. Yeah. They need to know what the rules are. They need to test the rules. They need to get suspended or they need to lose their job or they need to get drunk and wake up on a Monday morning and go to work and figure out how that feels and how to keep doing their job and everything. The other thing that I see like in the education system with young boys too we're not holding those boundaries enough. And, and listen, I think the education system needs to be overhauled. I don't think we need to sit at our desks for six hours a day like we used to and all the testing and everything else. But also part of going to school, which you were just saying to Gracie, is learning yeah. rules and boundaries of society and how to treat each other and what's acceptable and what's okay. And we're not doing that in schools for kids anymore. When there is a troubled child in the classroom or an over rambunctious um, young boy guess what we're doing we're doing laps around the school we're taking them out for extra recess we're giving them extra medicating them giving them extra privileges so that they've you know worked 10 minutes so now you get an hour and a half recess now i realize all kids aren't created Mm -hmm. equal and there's developmental disabilities going on along with all those things too but you do have to set up those guardrails and just say listen when we're here these are the rules that we follow and everybody follows and we're not doing that anymore in school in addition to that there's no playground rules anymore either there's no ability for the kids to police themselves like they used to do a little bit there's no ability for certain kids to be like cut the fucking shit kid yeah. you know like you're gonna get pushed out of the group if you are bullying this other kid or there's no policing <clears throat> of each other mm-hmm. because there's always somebody to swoop in and correct the problem before right. the kids and have a chance listen, to i know it. we still have a bullying culture and i know that's not okay either but listen if you're acting weird or you're doing something inappropriate you yeah. need another 10 year old kid to go yeah we, we don't want to play with you that's just wicked yes. weird like and that's okay right. we don't all have to be friends that's why we find our groups that's how we find our communities and that doesn't happen anymore i think it creates really confused angry kids yeah and I don't know why it's more on the male side than the female side. That's what he's saying. Like, all these things are happening, yet girls aren't picking up AR-15s and blowing people up. Right. They're, it's it's boys that are doing that. It's disgruntled boys. As parents, we have to look at that. I mean, M has just did one of her supplemental essays about this as well and saying why is it her school is full of boys that are just wanting to act out and and she calls it toxic masculinity what i'm trying to say to her is like they're just trying to feel themselves out they're just Mm -hmm. trying to be tough guys without actually understanding what that means well and they actually probably don't have somebody telling them what it actually means to be masculine and i think the other really important thing that scott galloway mentioned was that boys don't work anymore exactly high school boys that was you just did you just and, and girls did too i'm not you know trying to make it a masculine feminine thing but High school kids don't don't have jobs anymore. That's part of figuring out how I'm a valued member of society yeah. and feeling worthful. Like that's and, not a word, but no. you know what I mean. Well, and, and being able to take a girl on a date or take a boy on a date. I don't care. Just take like right. actually provide something for someone else. Some sense of value yeah. beyond yeah. yourself. I, I'm thinking of Emmy school 
in particular, like that group that's there, I think we're putting too far, far too much emphasis on athleticism and sports and how that means you're masculine. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on young boys True. that don't fit into that mold, that that isn't their thing, and they're in there fighting and struggling to please a parent, a girlfriend, a coach. I don't right. know what it is. Right. But that is a huge piece of it, too, that I think makes young men very angry. Did you ever read the book I gave you? No. What book? I read a book called Man Enough. Yeah, we've talked about this by, on here before. His name's Justin Baldoni. He was on a... Um, Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. And his oh. whole character was like this masculine, muscular man. Like, that was his whole persona. And his book is basically about how he has... If you look at him, you're like, oh my god, he has like the perfect body. Yes. And his whole book is about how he struggles with such bad body dysmorphia and how he's like everything in his life that has made him feel like any insecure every, insecure and he people are always like get over yourself like look at yourself and he's like i when i look at myself oh. i don't see that like and i don't think we talk about that yeah. for for young boys at all it's i mean we have a it's easy for women to say oh i don't feel pretty Attract- or yeah. i don't feel attractive and that's a whole cultural thing in itself but we don't listen mm-hmm. or acknowledge that young boys probably feel that same exact way. I'm not good enough. I'm not measuring up. I don't compete with my peers. Interesting. Shannon Tatum was just on, I think, the Kelly Clarkson show. She's showing pictures of him as Magic Mike. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, that's not real. First of all, yes, I got into shape for Mm -hmm. that, but I can't physically sustain that Right. body that's there. I had to eat four hours a day. Four mm-hmm. hour, Every four hours I had to exercise. Like, I, yeah, I'm in great shape. I, he, and he was like, mm-hmm. I know that, but I'm I'm in a normal shape because I want to live a normal yeah, and life be and be healthy. But, like, that kind of image that we're portraying on Magic Mike is just, it's, it's not sustainable for any male. Yeah, I know. And I feel, too, like, I just feel, from listening to him talk, I felt like, you know, I always talk about, you know, oh, it's every time I hear some, you know, my husband or anybody else say something, I'm always like, oh, t- toxic masculinity. Most freaking privileged group in right. America is now going to criticize because, you know, a woman's moved in and taken his job or whatever. Like, And I'm right. slightly making fun of him. But also, at the same time, it's like I do think that we don't they don't feel valued or they don't, I don't, listen, I don't know. I don't want to coddle people that have sort of had an advantage their whole lives. But as far as like young males go, I do think that as a society now, they don't feel important or valued. Okay. That's fair to say. I I think if the rules have kind of shifted or the images of what it means to be male versus female have shifted and men can wear dresses and women can women can Mm -hmm. wear suits and it's all kind of blended together we should at this point be able to say masculine traits are this you could be a female and have masculine traits or you could be a male and have uh, feminine traits it doesn't but these are the traits that are masculine and but that's just a word really you find what works for you like if you feel like you're you like the protector type role like you're you know we've talked about that before like in our households right mm-hmm. like you take on certain roles like mm-hmm. I, I fix things that's mm-hmm. what I do I know how to fix things and I will gravitate to that where my husband won't but he will also be the one to like provide and I could step away from that role mm-hmm. but that's a masculine trait mm-hmm. kind of thing so you have a balance between what it, what is being masculine 
mean. And it doesn't matter if you're a feminine person exhibiting those traits or a masculine person. The point is that you have to be able to say these are masculine traits of historically, like being a provider, wanting to be strong and assertive and aggressive to provide for a, you know your family or your surroundings or whatever it is like um, a woman CEO can be ma have a masculine type of personality when she's in the boardroom mm -hmm. yet can be a loving mother as well like right but I think I things. think what like the non-binary community would say to all this is why are you labeling that as a masculine because trait? it is why can't I just label that as a human trait and I think yes no, interestingly no. what Scott Galloway is saying is we have to value that there are certain masculine and feminine characteristics it's biology that how we function as a society yes. and reproduce and build our culture it's and okay. change yeah like it's okay to not cancel out being ma like being a boy or a girl just because certain people don't know what they are but there are certain masculine traits and feminine traits mm -hmm. and they can switch from different physical like that you don't have to be a woman just to have feminine traits you mm -hmm. can have both and i think that that's the whole point and that we don't and that's where we could eliminate a lot of this confusion for boys if we just say these are masculine traits and you being a a douche to a girl it's just you being a douche. Yeah, it's and, not a masculine and, and, trait. Right, that's not... Right. And you know what? You can be... Uh, mean girls are mean girls. That's a feminine trait. That's just being mean. You know, it's, Well, it's I, I'll like, just say this now. You've brought up the mean girls thing and talking about, um, you know, sort of the guardrails in school and policing and all of that. The mean girl societies. Thriving. It's, it's thriving. But, my, but that's my point. That They didn't stop doing that. Like, whereas the boys stopped, um, you know, yes. fighting on the playground right. and, and figuring things out on their own and all of that, the Mean Girl Society is living strong yes. and in secret and whispering. Yes. They're just smarter about it because they're whispering to their friends, yes. don't talk to that yes. person or whatever. The girls are still policing behind everybody's back, so to speak. It's true. It's hard to navigate. And as a girl, there. But you have to navigate it, and you're stronger. You got to figure it, it out because it doesn't change. Right. It's happening in a nursing home when you're 80 years old. Right, you're still dealing with that social culture. So I think among that's women. the bottom line: is we have to do, we have to let boys also try to figure things out without it being crazy. But I think that there has to be an element of, you know what. Boys, you know what? If you have to punch somebody, you have to punch somebody. <laughs> That's going to be the, the bottom line of this podcast. Of my daughter, who's teaching fifth grade in Florida, called one day to talk about one of her uh, male students. And she's a fifth grade teacher. And he had thrown a chair while playing tag. Oh, geez. Because he didn't want to get tagged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was his um, response. And she's like, I just don't understand. Like, what would ever make somebody do that? What is wrong? And I said, he has no frontal lobe, Maya. <laughs> and so she went back to her teacher meeting, one of the male teachers there, they're figuring out punishment or whatever, and she says, well, my mom says he has no frontal lobe. And he says, that's what I'm just going to use from now on. Whenever there's an incident in the school, they have no frontal lobe. And it's true. It's just a process of developing themselves their brain it's everything a it's a reaction mm -hmm. that he's decided to you know it worked he didn't get tagged <laughs> True. it's so funny because like where i work i obviously see a lot of new dads yes and there's like the spectrum of the dad that brings the xbox to the 
postpartum room. Stop. Oh, yes. I've seen... I've because had, he can't not play video games? For or? two days. To the dad that, as annoying as it is, that when the mom's breastfeeding, he's getting his hands in, trying to help. Oh, Trying my to just God. be part of it. Trying to just be part of it. And as annoying as it is, and I'm like, please just leave. I'm like... At least he cares. Yeah, at least he's involved. Or the dads that are always doing skin to skin, and I'm like, put a shirt on. <laughs> at least. Okay, but and now no, we're mocking them for no, trying to no, I agree. I agree. I agree. And in the moment, I'm like, oh, put a shirt on. But I'm like, at least he wants to be involved. Yeah. Yes. Or the dad that's coming out to the desk, can we get more pads or yeah. whatever, peri bottles? And I'm like, can your wife just ask for it? Yeah, yeah that's but I'm just like, weird. at least he's just at least he's trying to be involved, involved and helpful. But also, what you're saying is like that's that's annoying to you, and you're like, ew, they're grossing me out and all that. That's up to us as like women of society to re- to allow them to change and become those people and not mock. No, and them sometimes for I that. see these dads, and I'm like, as annoying as they are, this is gonna be Michael, <laughs> <laughs> like. Michael's going to be the dad with no shirt on, doing skin to skin, and people are going to be like, put a shirt on. (laughs) Like, you know, I say this. There has to be some sensitivity to your needs, and it it is up to you, like you said, like how much you are going to let them... Feel comfortable in that moment of being vulnerable. Right. I am not good at that. Yeah, I do a lot of mocking, but it's just my way. Yeah, I mean, I think I do a lot of dismissing. It's not an option. Mm-hmm. Like, so... Like, listen, we want to take away the toxic piece of the masculinity. As women, women have to be willing to accept those men that are pushing those boundaries of trying to... Well, that's the other thing that this Scott Galloway was saying, is that if you are not... Like, women don't... You said this in the very beginning of this. Like, women don't want to be with weak people either. Mm-hmm. So... There is this balance of, really, it, it goes back to your individual connection with the person that you're with and how much you're willing to let that person, it's it's your role, your roles in your relationship. But at the end of the day, I think women tend to gravitate towards at least an ability for, not necessarily dominance, but the ability to kind of care for, or they'll be, like, if the shit went down, are you going to be able to take care of things? Right, right. Like, uh, also, the other thing that... If something I, happens, am I in charge or are you in charge? Well, and, too, he was talking about, like, the Tinder dating and all of yes. that. And really bringing it right back down to how we are an animalistic society. And there yes. is such thing as pheromones. And you do have to kind of smell each other out at a bar yes. and figure out, like, what's going on here and am I attracted to these people. And the reason the men are sort of walking around lonely and sexless and all of that is because on the Tinder date, none of that is happening. None of that is happening. And the other thing is, too, it's like you don't know if that person is attractive just physically. You just don't. Right. You, there's a lot of times somebody is gorgeous and then they open your mouth their mouth and you're like oh my god listen Pete Davidson is the number one example of a non-tinder date women go freaking crazy over Pete Davidson he's charming he's charismatic he's likable he certainly must have a strong pheromone or the big dick energy everybody's (laughs) talking about but if you saw him on a tinder site you would swipe left yeah it was part of the conversation that I was having with Grace, too, during this uh, situation with school. And, like, part of it is sometimes <clears throat> you like somebody after you've spent seven weeks, eight weeks sitting next to somebody in class. Mm-hmm. And they, like, you know, now they're joking with the teacher. Mm-hmm. And they've made a snide comment. And you think it's funny. And 
typically you walked in, you didn't think that person was attractive, but after spending 10, 12 right. weeks with a person, you're like, oh my God, you are so funny. I really like you. You don't know that until you actually spend time are in an me. environment in a workplace or a right. school or some other place with that person every day. I think about That's that. Like the when best you- attraction works. It's like, you're like, oh, I didn't. Like, yes, of course you're and attractive. And, too, like, when you think back to high school, like, I think yes. about, like, who was attractive or who was yes. coveted versus who wasn't. And, ew, like, just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you show, when you go to another town and you, and you somebody says, oh, this is our. Yeah, captain of yeah, the Yeah, this, this is big, big man I came. You're like, why? why? Who is this person? Hideous. <laughs> if you saw them on Tinder, you're not interested. But right. he's sort of let out some energy right. that's made people want to be with him. Uh, social media is the downfall of this society. We've got to step away from the freaking phones. I forget who it was, but there was some actress on a talk show this week that said, I would rather give my daughter, was it a gun and Jack Daniels? Oh, Jesus. A gun and Jack Daniels then put her on social media. It's the same effect. Well, this other guy said, teens... Female teenagers right now have the anxiety level of mental patients in the 1950s. I did hear that was startling. I was like, holy shit. And I think it's true. I do too. I mean, I really do. I've, but you can't imagine. I mean, think about yourself as like a teen and how much angst you had. Tons. And none of this was going I, on. I can't imagine it now. I can't imagine the Snapchat or the maps and like, you know, Grace says all the time, like, this person is on Snap Map and telling me they're someplace else. Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, she's like, obviously they're lying and it, it boggles my mind. Yeah. And then the stress around that, like, I know you've just lied to me because I see where you are. Do I have to like say something to you about it or do I just ignore it? Or Right. I, I know what you're talking about, the Snapchat thing, like... Do they not know I didn't see the snap or do they just not really care? It's it's a and then when you were saying about girls, like they they are devious and sneaky about the way they bully or handle situations, but it is happening and boys I think are you know, they're still on social media or they just got caught up in it. I think boys are just sucked into it yet. Aren't yeah, I find very, I mean, except for the the Tinder dating piece of it, I don't I don't find social media as effect as damaging in no, that aspect for the boys. It's damaging. We just have to get rid of it. We have to do I, something. It's not going anywhere. Scott Galloway was saying we need to hold these companies accountable. I don't know what that means. Are they canceling the apps and social media? No. That's no, never happening. No. And, and honestly, at this point, we just have to continue to tell our kids, like, this isn't real life, you know? But also, like, the whole thing with, what's his name? You know, Facebook, with the meta-universe oh, and now the avatars yeah. and all that. Oh, my God. So with, nobody will leave their house. Nobody will have any kind of human connection at all. We'll just live as an avatar. I don't understand it. So I started watching, remember that documentary we we watched um, in the beginning when we started podcasting Abducted in Plain Sight? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, God. now there is a I um, saw this. Show. Okay. Is so it like I, God I is my witness or? Well, the friend next door. Oh, something. yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. The friend, I don't know. I forget what the name of the show is, but. It looks it's, creepy as hell. It's hilarious and creepy and amazing all at the same time. But what I was saying as we were watching it is like, okay, forget that the aspect of all the sexual predator whatever aspect of it life was so simple the family structure and no wonder people sort of turned to religion more back then than they do now i know i'm Mm -hmm. not an advocate of religion at all i don't care but my point is that was their community and that's how they gathered socially and puzzle night on friday night that was your activity like it was just so much simpler and 
we sort of like we're mocking them at the time when we watch the documentary like how stupid could these people possibly be and yes it is daft but again that it's it's it was a quiet simple world where we just hung out with our neighbors and friends and, and you don't expect you don't expect someone to be a devil in plain sight you right. just don't you don't right. and, and it takes a lot for your brain it, it it takes a lot of bad things to happen for your brain to actually be like oh yeah that's a bad yeah, thing something weird is happening because you here. don't want to believe that is actually bad. But I was kind of looking at it in this, like, way of, geez, that would kind of be nice. That you just were friendly with your neighbors. It's, and it's sad that we, basically, and even, you know, to an extent, you, Maddie, like, a generation, like, you didn't grow up, grow up with social media. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you're really the last generation that didn't grow up. Right. With it. Just the beginning of it. Yeah. Was- I mean, you had, right, but that was your, you were into, high, well into <laughs> high, high school. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have a, you didn't have Instagram. Mm-hmm. You had Instagram in like eighth grade. You did, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't but it was, like super popular, and it yeah. wasn't the same thing. You yeah. just kind of were you posting posted, like stupid, funny. Like it wasn't like trying to look yeah. a certain way. It was just kind of like yeah, or stupid. garnish likes yeah. or anything right. like that. So yeah. it's it's. I think you are basically the last mm-hmm. generation of. I don't know. I guess my point being like, if we if we take, I mean, that social media is never going away, but. There, it was such a simpler. There was a trust factor going on in society with certain people, mm-hmm. good and bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what's what the answer with this crisis with boys. But I do think, I mean, parents, we have to pay attention to our boys and our girls too. But we really have to pay attention to our boys. And the boys need to get back to work. That is just yeah. Uh, that is non-negotiable. Yeah. Come on. And whether it's for being responsible to a team, being responsible to a volunteer, whatever it is, you have to be busy and doing stuff. And that's the thing. Is these Half these kids at 2 o'clock in the afternoon aren't, home. aren't Resting. doing anything. Resting. <laughs> no, it's not okay. It is not okay. That's like the lonely men. I think there's so many bad egg men that now women are so scared of men Yeah. that... Like if you're if you're walking on the street, you're not gonna just go up to a guy and say like, if or if they come up to you, you're not gonna you're gonna think oh they're a creep. Yeah. Like Michael told me, like if he's walking on the sidewalk and he's walking behind a woman, he'll cross the street so he doesn't so he doesn't make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Because he's like I don't want them to think like I'm following them or I'm like some weirdo yeah he's like so i'll just cross the street so they know like well that's being a very aware human being which does yeah. not happen my husband and i were at uh, at dinner on saturday night green lemon maddie mm-hmm. to put it in perspective and um there was a table of two young college-age girls eating dinner together okay they're they're eating they're there to get nourishment okay <laughs> Two college-age boys come in, and they sit in the booth behind them, so they're kind of, like, back-to-back. And they're fools. I mean, just fools. Like, singing, dancing, pointing to each other. How can I garnish attention, okay? Then, one just entirely turns his body around. So his head is talking to the back of the girl's head that's at the next table. Touching her hair laughing, at one point moves into her booth and puts her his arm around. Now, they don't know each other. Tina, I was fucking seething. See, I'm like, 
what is happening right now? This is a predator. Like mm-hmm. these girls, and the girls are laughing, and they're, you know, they're not like, get the fuck away from me. But listen, it's a college community, so I might know that I might see this kid mm-hmm. in class. I mean, there's a whole social dynamic of them trying to maintain composure while these predators are vulturing mm-hmm. onto their being, touching her hair, whatever. There's this lovely family sitting beside us and he's watching too and he can tell i am yeah. seething so he keeps looking over me and i'm like they're they're predators somebody needs to say something yes, to them absolutely. they're out of bounds this is on what would you do with john quinones <laughs> right yes but again what would you do? Did that, you get but again here's the here's the positive to that situation Instead of being on Tinder, right. the boys are out in an environment, and, and somebody is, hopefully, hopefully, somebody's going to set up a guardrail for them and say, no, 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 yeah. this is this is inappropriate, or we're not interested. Hopefully. Well, the other aspect of that is it goes an entirely well, different way. I was on the train the other day, and I got on, and there was this man across from me, and he was clearly either drunk, cracked out, something. Mm. And he was like, I couldn't tell if he was talking to me, he was talking to a ghost. But I was like, I mean, there were tons of people on the train. But I was like a little, like, yeah. freaked out. And this man next to me was like, hey, do you, do you want to stand over here? Yeah. And I was like, and like, he was like, wasn't trying to be creepy. He was just like, yeah, I, I can, can tell I, you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Do you want to stand over here so you're not directly mm-hmm. across from the band? And I actually appreciated that because yeah. I was like... I'm by myself on the T, like. Right. So, well, that's an upstander. Yeah. We need more of those. Yeah. I actually just saw a video of a group of people in an elevator. Uh, the guy in the back of the elevator kept touching the girl's shoulder and flicking her hair or whatever. And she was vocally being like, stop, stop touching me. Please stop touching me. And uh, one of the gentlemen that was in the front of the elevator was trying to move to the back of the elevator and sort of like without being yes. confrontational or anything right. else, because you can get yourself into trouble, trying to put his body in between and stand. And yeah, we do need more people we like ne- that. We definitely need. And you know, it's so funny. Emmy came home the other day and she said in class, they were talking about negative, uh, I think they were talking about this Alex Jones case and negative, uh, influences on podcasts that really are sending bad messages mm-hmm. and she brings up andrew tate and and, mm-hmm. and the boy some of the boys in the class like oh, go def- after defensive. her yep. yeah defensive yep. and emmy is very dramatic so mm-hmm. she goes crazy and at first i was about to say like you know you've got to mm. and then i was like no that's my flaw go quiet yeah i'm always quieting the female voices right in my don't house. quiet them they have to be able to speak up and say you know what you're a loser. Yeah. And those girls at that booth have to be able to turn to those boys and say, you're not, if you want, you're not helping your case if you're trying to ask me out on a date. Right. You idiot. You look a fool. You look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're interested in me, come over, say hello, introduce yourselves, and ask for well, my uh, number. And two, the thing with Andrew Tate and Alex Jones and all of that, I think the Alex Jones case is so great because... I think it is letting people know, yes, you do have freedom of speech. You do. But then you are also accountable for the things that you yes. choose to say. Yeah. And the same with Andrew Tate. Yeah, you can go on and spout whatever you want on your podcast, but you will eventually be held accountable for how you behave or what you incite in someone else, yeah. which is what we're seeing right now with Donald Trump in the January 6th committee. Yeah, you can do whatever you want and say whatever you want, but you are 
going to be held responsible yeah. for that. Let's see. Let's hope he is. Mm. I have this friend, and she's just, she doesn't care what anyone says. She will say whatever she wants. And when we were in Tampa, we were at this bar, and there were this group of guys that came up to us. Clearly, like, Florida born and raised. Yes. like, And they start going on this rant. One of them starts going on this rant about... I don't even remember. Maybe it was like guns, immigrants, something along the lines. And my friend is very opposite. Mm-hmm. She was like, can we just be done with this? Like, we're at a bar. Yeah. Like, this is just weird. Don't want to talk And politics. he started calling her like stupid liberal girl, something like uh-huh. that. So she goes to the bouncer, um, excuse me, sir, um, this, this man's bothering us. And he just took the man and took him out. <laughs> and I was like, I personally wouldn't have had the guts to say. That's the thing. Like, yeah. that's like... Y- she had the guts to be like, somebody needs to be gone. Yeah. Like, that's the thing about, like, quieting girls. Like, you're sitting there trying to be polite and yeah. not say anything, say anything to them. And the two girls in the restaurant that were being harassed all the time, they're giggling and trying to be polite. Like, yeah, at some point, you just can't be right. polite right. and say this. And that's a hard line. Yeah. That's a hard line to teach. And and hopefully in your friend group you you do have one of those girls yeah. because you you don't all have to be that mm-hmm. way but you have to have someone in your corner that is that way that you know is going to take somebody down and like what you're saying with Emmy and stuff too like it's hard I have not been that person in my life to see like one Injustice. of my children do something like that it, or thinking of Emmy doing that like it makes me uncomfortable like I would have been like oh god now this is going to be a whole social suicide thing you're never getting asked to the prom all <laughs> all these other things that go along with it yeah yeah no i don't care yeah do it you yeah. do you well you you do need it you need it to set these people straight like otherwise like you said there's no balance in society we need the balance in society for people to be like you're acting like a weirdo mm-hmm. you can't act like a weirdo there are social norms in this world for a reason let's abide by these then there there's no toxic anything we take care of the toxic. Mm-hmm. We're our own liver. Let, let's just push <laughs> these things out. All right. Well, that with that all said, this is a long one. Thank you so much for listening. Maddie, thanks for joining us today. Please email us at momsaveamerica at gmail.com if you have any questions or would like us to talk about anything specific. We're out of here. Bye, Wilty. Bye, Wilty. <laughs>